Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Stable of Studs Wrestling Podcast. I'm indeed your host, Hank Rodriguez. Joined with me via Skype is Jimothy James Dean. How you doing today, sir? Sub, sub, sub. Uh, awesome. And then, of course, we have Adam Freaking Danger. How you doing, sir? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. This is Adam Danger here. Oh, Glad to be a part oh of the gang. God. Was that it? No, I, there's nothing planned. I am, I am not, I'm shooting you straight. This is a Vince Russo shoot. I am. I have nothing. I'm just <laughs> That's sitting in the worse. dark. I'm sitting in the dark in my closet with my wife like, hey, keep it down in there. <laughs> Look at these Kate Upton photos. Oh, my. <laughs> they're gifts. <laughs> yeah, they're the gifts that I keep on gifting. Yeah, I can't blame you. I see in, James, in James's uh, reflection in his eyeglasses what he's looking at. <laughs> <laughs> You can see your mom? What? Oh! Dun, dun, dun. Thank you again for listening today, guys. Don't forget. <laughs> and of course, last but least, because he's a negative Nancy, Tanner Treadway. How you doing? Hi. No one cares. Well, you know, uh, we're coming off the, the WrestleMania, you know, quote-unquote high, you know, which I still think was great. Um, do, do you all have any kind of uh, other thoughts regarding it? Did you all rewatch anything? And change your minds, or think it was something that was great, then it wasn't really that great, or something that was bad it ended up being good. At least brings to no. mind is the fact that I am over every single goddamn media outlet saying what their dream boneyard slash funhouse matches are that we should now be subject to, and all the bullshit booking that the internet has now decided to do. I've read like I've I've not read I haven't read one of them, but I've seen like four different YouTube things about in like four different online articles about just fucking stop armchair booking man can we just stop it leave it to the professionals like the stable of one thing i did hear that i thought was interesting was that apparently john cena had a lot a lot of input and creative in that firefly funhouse match so he he not only went like was a good sport about it but he uh kind of had a direction like well let's make it like this so he's I think uh, one of those underrated aspects of John is just being super self-aware and very savvy and saying, like, I know people think about me. I know what Vince thinks, uh, you know, my relationship with Vince. And he really turned it on its head. So if that's true, then I give a lot more kudos. And, and I think that's that's what a great treat from John Cena. Yeah. No, I mean, the fact that – I mean, it just, it just goes to show you, like, uh, you know, people – the difference between, like, a fucking – you know, kayfabe and the actual person, like yeah. there's some, you know what I mean? Like it, it just the fact that he, again, like you were saying, he was so self-aware um, that he was able to like, hey, you know what's best for this match? If you fuck, if I fucking, you know, they we mark out about, though, I mean, we mark about over like the things that I used to do, you know, and then we bring that back, and then you know, we we obviously bring up the fact that you know, I quote unquote, true or not, that he buries people or he was keeping yeah. people from rising up. Either way, yep. it, it all got addressed and it got all put to rest, you know. So, um, I rewatched both of them, the Boneyard and and the um, and the Firefly Funhouse match, and I think, I mean, again, they both both were amazing. Um, I rare, I mean, it, it's very few people thought otherwise. I know Tanner didn't care about the Boneyard match, um, but I mean, I thought it was spectacular. Tanner, have you changed your mind about anything or no? I, I honestly haven't checked out anything again after the first watch. Okay. Yeah, man, you should d- definitely check it out and, you know, get a 
see if uh, your opinion changes on that. But moving right along, uh, keeping with WWE, of course, you know, the announcement was made that immediately as of April 10th, uh, the Revival and WWE have uh, come to an agreement and they have split ways, uh, which I think is very exciting for the Revival being one of the, the, if not the best tag team out there right now that actually do, like, know how to actual, actually do a tag team match. Um, initial thoughts, Adam? I was wondering, is there any reason they couldn't go back to NXT? Like, I know that we have Finn Balor and Charlotte has the belt. And honestly, I feel that, uh, I feel that Dash, they need to wrestle. Like, you can't put them in silly gimmicks and you can't put them hanging out with, like, a third person and just doing all kinds of, crazy crap because that's almost uh, antithetical to what, you know, the revival is supposed to be about just straight wrestling. So you got to give these guys, you know, eight to nine minutes every time on TV of just wrestling. And, and I think that would get over. Uh, obviously they weren't getting that opportunity in uh, on raw, but I was just wondering like, how come they couldn't go back to NXT and just keep working? Well, I mean, you know, the thing is like ultimately going to, I think going anywhere there's still going to be the stigma of going from nxt to the main roster the quote-unquote main roster back to nxt is always going to seem like a demotion it is definitely not the best sign for your career um where they know uh you know in nx in in wwe if Vin, if vince doesn't already believe in you that's an uphill road that almost nobody can really fucking you know climb uh, where, you know, AEW is a new start and you know they're going to be immediately pushed into the top scene. Um, you know, Just the internet rivalry already uh, between, you know, um, lots of people in the revival uh, means they're going to get that top three spot, um, which sucks, actually, because I feel like people, like, already in, like, you know, like the best friends, for instance, there are already teams I feel like should be higher in that in their ranking, but you know at the same time revival deserve it. They fucking they're an amazing tag team, um, and I'd like to say you know I, I'm down with it. Like obviously WWE's not using them, so let's see what AEW can do with them. Absolutely, Tanner, your thoughts? I I really hope like like has anything been confirmed about them going to AEW? No. Okay, the, good. The, because... the only thing, and I'm sorry to interrupt, I'm not doing it on purpose, I promise, but the only thing that I saw was that what uh, Mailman Mike posted um, was that... You know, the NWA so, thing. Yeah, supposedly they had, they were about, even before they were let go, uh, they, were, they were they were supposed to do a power show, but of course, uh, you know, COVID happened, but uh, yeah, but go ahead and continue. I, 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 I really hope that they don't go to AEW because I, all I foresee there is we're the guys that left WWE and we're going to complain about it. And I, God, I just want to see them just do their thing and not be those guys. You know where I would love to see them before they go to AEW? New Japan. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'd be a fucking natural fit over there. I think they'd actually be work rate and work style. I think they'd probably be the best American wrestlers to go over there in a long time. Uh, um, I think it would be good for them to break away from WWE and, you know, kind of really let them do what they can do. Because, you know, the thing is, not only are they great, they're not only talented in-ring workers, but the small amount of camera time they got in NXT and even less in fucking 
um, WWE main is that they're fucking entertaining dudes. They can fucking talk. They have a great chemistry together. So anywhere where they can just build on that and really fucking, you know, do their own thing, like to Tanner's point, so they don't immediately just another WWE talent that just, you know, like let them build up their fucking international, you know, rep. Let them fucking really show what we they can do over there where you have to perform. Otherwise, you're immediately, I mean, some promotions in the States, or not just in the States, all over, you can sort of get away with just being a good talker or, but fucking New Japan and J- Japan in general, you have to fucking work. If you can't work, you're going to made to look like a fucking fool. And, you know, we know the re- the revival can work. So I want to see them put on seven star Meltzer matches. <laughs> Plus the, the, the big thing with, with both of these guys, uh, especially Dash, is that neither of them really have a look. They're just mm-hmm. kind of standard looking dudes. But in Japan, they're going to stand out they're, they're, I mean, like th- the same way that, that like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Elgin. Uh, he, he stood out. He was just kind of a, a normal looking dude, yep. but, but I mean, they're going to stand out. They're going to have a better look. I think that it would just be a, a chance for them to ignore microphones, just wrestle, do exactly what they've been wanting to do and stand out that way. But have you guys seen their, their new, names that they're gonna go by oh god no please tell us <sighs> okay so uh scott dawson and dash wilder mm-hmm. will now be operating under the names cash wheeler and oh dax hartwood <laughs> Ugh, but okay i'm only going on the like, second name wrestling name but, generator bullshit but but you said Cash Wheeler? Cash Wheeler, yeah. Cash Wheeler sounds like a fucking a 70s stuntman, and I could not love that name more. But oh, my God. Cash sounds like a poor name that Adam came up with. Yeah, like he specifically put a T instead of a D. But it, we, all, we all know. Yeah, exactly. Valvinus <laughs> adjacent. Valvinus exactly. adjacent. No, I honestly, I mean, th- those are all great ideas. Uh, to add to it, though, Tanner, I mean, I, I just still think that you still need to be, I mean, maybe not New Japan, understand. Um, but you still need to be hot in the mic, though. I mean, I think that, that you, you, you have to have, you know, at least two out of the three things. You got to look good, you got to talk good, and you got to wrestle good. And, you know, gra- granted, I mean, they are in good shape, but they're not fucking jacked, you know. Um, they are good. They are decent on the mic, and and obviously, you know, they're fantastic wrestlers. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you know, go get go get some fucking street cred over in Japan, and then I, I think AEW would be a good fit. I, I I know, um, you you might be worried that they might be complainers, um, but you, you really don't see that with 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 uh, uh, with Moxley. You don't see that with with. Uh, you kind of do with Mox, especially early early on. I mean, yeah, but it's he, gone. He now. still has he still has the stigma of, oh, he made that big you know, he made that big jump from WWE. Like that's still the but thing, it's, and it's, that's it's still not... kind of the thing with Matt and and a little bit not less with Brody because of how much character they've given him. Yeah, but but, but that's from like 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 that's from the fans. That's not so much from themselves. They're not really talking about it, you know, on. 
in their promos or anything like that. Well, still, I mean, even even then, the AEW fans are exactly the type so, to be like, okay, yeah, so, he said, yeah, great. he said no to WWE, yeah. Cool, that, that that's fine. I don't care what they say. You know what I mean? Like, as long as it's not being brought into the actual product, I think you're fine. I think, I mean, and and if, even if they are talking about it, at least they're talking about them. You know, they are talking about something. And I I don't think that a lot of, I mean, unless like the supermarks like us you know, really do appreciate and see what the revival was really supposed to do. And we do see their full potential. You know, I think we're the probably only ones that'll be actually be, be touting about it really. You know, I think it, it, it'll be um, a good, a good, uh, a good opportunity uh, to get, you know, a fresh look on, on this tag team and, and actually see what their full potential is. Um, there's, there's good talent in AEW as far as the tag team goes. I mean, I mean, off the bat, I mean, you you got you got Omega and you got Paige. I think that would be a hell of a match. I agree. I like to see Pentagon and Ray Phoenix. Like there I, you I, go. I still feel yeah. like they're they're the tops in AEW. But I think if you put in the revival, they're already number two. Like they're they're just a well-oiled machine. They just need an opportunity to just keep wrestling and not be side men to Baron Corbin, right? It just it never made any sense what they were kind of like these little goons. And that's one thing. That's one thing I really respect about the Lucha Bros. Um, that they're not all just fucking lucha. It's not all just arm drags. Granted, if you go to if you watch them wrestle in AAA, you'll see more of that arm drag mentality or the arm drag worker, you know. Um, but they they still have a good good understanding. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about them. They have a very good understanding of American wrestling, and I think you're right, absolutely 100% correct, Adam. Like I I see I can see revival fucking. And and Lucha Bros. I mean, again, to what James was saying, a fucking seven stars fucking jizz Meltzer fest right there. You know, the thing is, like, there's a lot of great high flyers, Ray Horace, fucking, um, you know, Dragon. Like, there's a ton of great high flyers in the in the world right now, Ricochet. But fucking Ray Phoenix is the best worker of all of them. Not only is that dude unbelievably athletic and uh, you know, agile and all of those, uh, you know talents that you're required to be a great high flyer and luchador but that fucking dude can work he can sell he can he, when he fucking wrestles it looks like a fight um my biggest complaint is just that both of them as much as i love seeing them as his tag partners they fucking phoenix and pentagon need to both be single stars in fact i would love to see them in a feud um so anyways that's my only that's my jumping on that yeah i mean uh I mean, there's really. I mean, only time will tell. Um, I, 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 again, it's definitely with AEW finishing up their tapes. You know, it, it's only. I mean, it, it's the waiting game at this point. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, it, it brings. And I was talking to you, to, to James, about it before the show started. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more of the, of the jumping ship. You know, I mean, granted, revival hasn't gone to AEW yet, but more than likely, it's either going to be NWA or. I mean, it, why not both? You know, uh, I don't think Colt's done with with NWA either. Um, so. No, I think Colt is done with NWA. Really? Is that why uh, he yeah. dropped the title? Yeah, I think, I think so he, too. Yeah, he was in I, some interview. He said he's he's mainly focused on AEW and the. I don't even think he's gonna do. I mean, right now, I was say, there's nobody doing independent dates right now, anyway. So yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I think he's AEW AEW focused, if I remember correctly. Gotcha. Well, I mean, either way. Um, I, I think the, the bigger point I was I was wanting to talk about 
was that the fact that, you know, we're seeing a lot of actual, we're seeing wrestlers jump ship, you know, people that actually enjoy the wrestling aspect of professional wrestling and not so much of sports entertainment. Uh, do you think, in your opinion, or, you know, right off the cuff while I ask this question, uh, do you foresee this being a, a trend of actual wrestlers jumping ship and just leaving it for, you know, uh, the WWE to sticking with sports entertainers? Uh, we'll start off with Tanner. Um, I hope so. I, I, I think that for a long time, all these kids um, who have been growing up on, like, you know, at the time, underground Ring of Honor matches, um, you know, the, the the internet gems where you're seeing all these incredible work rate guys, um, New Japan's getting bigger. So all these different styles are becoming more and more popular, and that's what all, all these kids are growing up. That's where they're taking all their influence. And then they're getting put into WWE because there's really nothing else. Um, so they, you know, they are forced to do something that they haven't really spent much of their career doing. And it doesn't fit, and they clearly don't enjoy it. So yes, I hope that the you know that that we have like sports entertainers. Hopefully, guys like um, EC3, who is a perfect fit for that, doesn't get screwed over for absolutely no reason because he's he's exactly what WWE always has looked for in a wrestler. And then you have guys like the Revival who can operate in NWA or New Japan and and just be a perfect fit of like like. The guys that want to wrestle know where they should go. The guys that want to talk and, and you know do the the milk truck thing and, and and the sports entertainment stuff know where they can go. I I think that it's only going to get better as both of these companies further establish their brands. Good deal, James. Uh, did you forget where you were? Yeah, I, I did. Adam. Yeah, I think kind of saying what Tanner said. AEW is the first real, I would say, kind of competent um, competent competition for the WWE. I mean, just think like five years ago, if you were Drew McIntyre, what happened when he hit the skids? He had to go to Impact, and as much as I like to ballyhoo Impact, I mean, it's nowhere near what AEW is now, and it's nowhere near approaching the WWE. So somebody like Drew McIntyre was on the like outer rim, right? He was marginalized, and he had to come back and he i really liked his run in impact but you could see like you know i mean he got lucky that he got a second chance to come back through uh then he come back through nxt then back to wwe now he's the champ well that's not like for everybody and without aew you kind of had to just do either impact or maybe ring of honor or a slew of indie dates or you went to new japan and you had to make something of yourself there but that's a that's a huge ask to move yourself all the way to the other side of the world on the vain attempt that like maybe you can recoup some of the money that you were making WWE. Now we have a viable alternative where again, if you're a wrestler and you hit a certain ceiling, you can go to AEW and kind of rebrand yourself and try different things. It's a blank canvas. You can try what it may not work, but you can try it and you can get it out. And then if it does work, you can always come back to WWE. I, I still think WWE is king and that's where you're, if you're at the top, you will make, the most money in the world of professional wrestling. You you know, you still want to be at WrestleMania. Uh, I don't think there's a superstar alive that if they have the opportunity, uh, superstar wrestler anywhere, the opportunity to be on WrestleMania and make that fat chunk of cash. Like you can't tell me there's someone that's just, that says, no, I don't want that. Um, but uh, 
again, so now I think AEW, though, is, is a viable alternative. Yeah, let me leave. I'm not being used here. I'm, I'm kind of uh, stalling. In my, I only have so many years. I have only so many bumps that I can give. Why don't I try to do something that I kind of want to do? Well, that's the one thing is, I mean, that's why with like Matt Hardy, it's so important is that you bring up a fantastic point, which is there are wrestlers at this point who their shelf life is coming to, towards its end. Like they can't, they've, they've cashed out their bump cards, their bodies are breaking down. Um, so they still want a career. So uh, AW is giving them creative freedom. One thing that the internet has talked about for the longest time is, they fancy booking on underused talent. A great example of that would have been Luke Harper, AKA Brody Lee for a long time. People like, Oh, he deserves better. He deserves better. I can't, I can't wait till he finally gets away and, and goes to AW. Well, now it's time to put up or shut up. You know, yep. uh, is it, is, is Brody Lee killing it in AW? I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say that so far, but you know, he's, we still need to give him time, but, it's a great, it's a litmus test for allowing talent to stand on their own two feet and say, look, you, for years, you kept saying you were underutilized. You were being pushed down. You weren't living up to your full potential. Well, here's a company that allows you input in your creative path and allows you to fucking, you know, be your own wrestler. Let's see what you can do. And if you fucking fail, guess whose fault that is your fault. So for that reason, I'm very excited because it allows fans to sort of, you know, uh, see that catch 22 of wishing their fucking favorite wrestler would go to a, a, a better uh, quote unquote better company than uh, WWE. But at the same time, if they fucking fail over there, they can't blame Vince McMahon. Yeah. I mean, all again, all good points there too. Um, I think there's going to be a, a very well uh, to what Adam was saying. I think there's going to be a very well balanced um, type of wrestling for each. Um, even though, you know, you, you look back on it and you think about WCW and, and WWE, they were pretty similar towards the, you know, like towards like their, their heydays as far as what they were doing, um, as far as the entertainment aspect goes. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think there's, there's, there's going to be, you know, AEW is going to be for wrestling and WWE is going to be for uh, the sports entertainment aspect, which both are enjoyable in their own right. Um, and I think what to what you're saying to James, uh, I think there's going to be like a shift, you know, once, once all this pandemic shit blows over too, I think, you know, six months, maybe a year down the line, we're going to see the people that aren't cutting, you know, you know, cutting the mustard, even friend, friend or not friend. I think we're going to start seeing them being let go because they're going to have to start paying for the actual good talent that are jumping ship from WWE. I think also, too, one thing, I'm sorry. One thing I was thinking about tank that you mentioned, says, I'm and, sorry. And then he keeps going. Go ahead. Go ahead. to say, uh, one thing I was I was thinking is that like we were going back to the Braun and Goldberg match and you know how crummy it was, but I think one of the things that we realize is that what's really surviving now, like what are we actually watching now week to week during COVID, is we're actually wanting to watch matches. We want to watch people work, whether it's a tag team match on SmackDown or you know uh, Braun and Nakamura. Uh, we're actually watching people work, and those that really rely on what I want to call like a Hulk Hogan kind of like I'm super big and I need the crowd. I need fireworks and I can do two or three moves. That's not really cutting the mustard. So like we're really now, this is the real litmus test of saying like who really can wrestle and what's going to be on TV. Can I put you on TV? Uh, if you're just going to like pose and flex to nobody. Right. Yeah. So like you're kind of seeing even the top of the talent, the top of the card, if you can't really wrestle, really wrestle at least 
uh, a 10 minute match on SmackDown when there's nothing else to watch that, you know, when everything gets back, is there going to be even room for you? Is there going to be an audience for you if you're just going to kind of like pose and uh, play with fireworks? That's I mean, that that, that, I think you hit the nail on the head on that one. Uh, But yeah, Tanner, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that this is the absolute worst time to move anywhere or to start anywhere mm-hmm. because yeah. who is ever going to go back and watch Matt Hardy's AW debut on YouTube? Nobody. Be- because it's it, you're, you're fucking the announcers go, what is it him? And then the cameras are going to turn and then he's just standing there like not saying anything. And, the, <laughs> and everybody's just looking confused. Like, it's just weird. So I, I really hope that that doesn't have a lasting impact on those two guys. God, I feel so bad for Brody having to yep. debut in his hometown to an empty stadium. Well, he, but, the, well, he wasn't at his hometown. They were in the fucking – they were in the, uh, the that little pavilion they have for the, the Jaguars stadium, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the, the date was scheduled for Rochester right. and the time. And um, he chose to do that. They 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 allowed him to like, hey, do you want to hold off for a bit? He's like, no, let's do it. You know. Well, I mean, think about it. We'd still be waiting, and we don't know when we'd see him. Good. And you know, either way, I mean, either way, it's working out. Um, I'm not sold on the, on this gimmick they're doing. Yeah. You know, just yet, I'm not sold on it. I want to see where it goes. Um, and and I think it just needs to pick up a little bit more a little bit more momentum. And, and I, I think we'll be happy with it, uh, which I, you know, regardless, it's nice to see him on the fucking screen. And so I, I'm, I'm definitely not complaining about that. I'll say it's what is nice. It's nice to see him actually be a character, like doing, Anything? I mean, yeah, he's actually being a character. He's not just being a silent henchman. He's showing some personality. He's showing his own sort of uh, approach to being a monster heel head of a bad guy faction. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen that before. Um, uh, you know, whether it's his version of Vince McMahon or not, but, um, but yeah, no, but again, I am glad to see him not only on TV, but I'm glad to see him trying to be something. Yeah. Well, uh, I was listening to a podcast with him and he was talking about how like everyone just always has this stigma based on his, on his appearance to have the Southern accent, and you know this hill, this you know this hillbilly, uh, you know that you hillbilly monster kind of deal. Uh, he's like, I'm from fucking New York. Like, <laughs> like what? What do you want me? Like, I this isn't who I am. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the fact that he's able to be himself, I still think he needs to get a better fucking coat. I'm I'm a little sore no, on his. His whole outfit's awful. Whether I mean in ring or even his cheap suit he wears in the, it's all bad. It's all no, bad. The, I'm talking about that white jacket, man. Jesus Christ. No, it's, it's all bad. It's all bad. And, the, his outfit is bad. The whole thing is bad. And, that, and that's what I'm saying, too. Like, if you're from New York, right, and you're, you're, you're mad about having, like, you know, having to do the southern accent, why do you still like you live in the fucking hills getting ready to fucking chop somebody's legs off? Just my opinion. I still love him. <laughs> I'm still glad he's on TV. What are you doing, James? Doing uh, my thing, brother. I'm giving you insights. I'm talking about Brody Lee. Okay. <laughs> hey, um, you know, while we're on the topic of Brody Lee, 
uh, I wanted to kind of pivot to WWE SmackDown, which I know half of y'all didn't watch, and that's okay. Um, I just and I'll fill you in and get your initial thoughts here, get your hot takes on it. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely start off with Adam though too. Um, but it ended with uh, with Braun defending his title against Shinsuke, and of course Shinsuke, you know, uh, you know, doing the favors. Uh, you know, uh, Braun got over. In, in, it is a, a decent decent match, you know. Can I pause uh, you? The what? Can I pause you for a second? Go ahead. I hate that we're in a time period where we're saying, of course, Shinsuke did the favors. <laughs> I know. I, I can. Oh my god, I hate that so much. I know. Continue. I know. It was my right. very first thought when, as soon as this this first off, my very first thought is, I sank oh, in my chair when you said that. Yeah, I was like, oh great, we're starting SmackDown with a promo between Shinsuke and Braun. Ugh. This is gonna be great with no audience like to. Uh, it was awful. But my first thing is like, dude, even when he's coming down, he, even if like we are obviously getting C plus Shinsuke. We even when he was getting he first came and he got his push, he, that was like B minus Shinsuke. But even when he's not trying, he still oozes he's charisma. Still great. And he's still awesome, and he's just a fucking, he's just a fucking, uh, you know, a jobber at this point, and it's heartbreaking and, yeah, whatever. I, well, I don't see, I didn't see him as doing a, a, a as far as like uh, being the uh, enhancement talent. I think he gave him a, a run for his money, uh, but that's not even what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> it was the end of the match. When uh, a certain theme song to a certain uh, funhouse hit after Braun won. And it looks like they're going to try to fucking put the title back on fucking Bray. Why? I don't I told know. You, I, I did not want this. I did not this... want Braun to be a transitional champ. And But or... why? Why? But there's no need for, t- for Bray to win the title. Bray does not need the title to eat, to, to look even better. You know what? No, it's it's it. The, here's here's Vince's deluded brain. He so I I think that regardless of what everybody says, he does see a lot in Bray because because he didn't want Roman to take the title off of Bray. He wanted to take it off of somebody else. Yeah. So that's why Goldberg won. And then we were gonna have Roman win. Uh, at WrestleMania against Goldberg, and then I'm I'm maybe I don't think so, but maybe this still would have been Roman and then the Fiend going at it. But but even then, like I still feel like we would have had Roman champ for a good long while. But that th- that's what's happening right now is is Vince is like, okay, uh, obviously I need my man crush Roman with the title. But I don't want the fans to hate me because of Bray. Like so he's he's just bouncing back and forth between those two things, and so of course nothing makes any sense. Yeah. I don't. I, I just I, I don't get it. Go go on, go on, Adam or James, one of you. All. I was gonna say like I do think it's kind of interesting because when he did see the promo, it did harken back to when he was the uh, black sheep and the black sheep mask, and so that they're really kind of playing into when. The white family. Uh, Braun first, yeah, white family and Braun first came in. So I thought, well, that that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of got that feeling like you did, Tank. Like, they're going to give it back to Bray, which is, I didn't want Braun to win the title because I'd rather, if Bray was just going to do that, just 
have him take Goldberg, you know, two weeks later. So I know it's going to cost money, but uh, don't unless unless they just keep the strap on Braun and then sink Bray one more time. He could oh. take a hit for this. He could take a hit. I mean, at this point, it, it doesn't seem like it matters if if uh, if if Bray loses or wins. Um, I think it, as long as it's a good story, it could pass. Because a lot of people already, I mean, he did mention that he lost it already. But, I mean, I just don't get it. it it's kind of like thinking about, like, Piper. Why do you think Piper never won a fucking belt? He didn't fucking need to. Yeah. That he he was a belt. Like, he was, like... He was like the whole. He was a champion in people's eyes, you know. It it it, it, ne- it never, you know, pe- pe- when people win the belt, it's, it's, it's to make them look better. He doesn't need to look better. He's amazing, and it, what he's doing is great. And he needs to, to keep on that role. And maybe towards the end of that that character arc, maybe he wins it, and then he starts to lose it, and then he reinvents himself. But I mean, again, we have to keep in mind. We have to put an asterisk about what about. All that shit that's going on, and even though, even though I just I read earlier that SmackDown tapings and NXT tapings, and I think Raw tapings are still going to continue, which I think, granted, you know we're 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 going to get you know not so good entertainment, but I, I still think that you know it's important to to keep on you know cashing keep on, keep in those, cashing in those checks, baby, you know. So um, they have a roster to pay, and they need they need to sell shirts, so. Um, I'm 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 very uh, I'm hesitant, but I'm still interested to see where they go from it. But James, did you have any thoughts on it? No, I mean, like I agree with you 100. He doesn't need the belt. In fact, the, like it's been said a million times, what would a monster want with a belt? Doesn't make sense. But I do think uh, if he's the most engaging guy you have right now, the guy that's selling the merch, the guy that's like the top guy. Um, especially if he's the most interesting guy um, at a time right now where like ratings aren't necessarily that strong, where, uh, you know, there, you don't see a ton of fan, like homegrown fan support. You might as well put it on fucking Bray because yeah, we're putting it on Roman's going to do something for you. It's like, what are the, <laughs> like, what are the alternatives basically? Um, my biggest thing is that, you know, I don't, I like the way that they've protected Bray to the most part. Like I said, he only lost to Goldberg. So because of, like I said, Tanner explained it perfectly just because of the mechanics of their booking. But um, even that loss, I think, I mean, definitely didn't help his career. I would just rather have him just destroying people rather than chasing belts. um, Just because that would be more interesting and original. Um, because here's the thing is, and I, I think it actually, it might even be a quote from Roddy Piper that was brought up. Like, if you never, if you never win the belt, you never have to lose the belt. And it's better to be undefe- an undefeated person that never want, hold, held a belt than somebody who just constantly either wasn't like a transitional champion or who just was constantly giving up the belt. So Bray should be on his own. He should be above the belt. He should just be doing weird shit, fucking with people, destroying people. But at the end of the day, if your company is in the shitter the way that WWE is and he's the most interesting dude, why not at this point? Like if it, if yeah. it means fans are going to tune in to see it, fuck it. Like everything else is secondary. Am I crazy? Or did you say that, that he should be running around destroying titles a couple of minutes ago, <laughs> destroying people, not titles. Although well, sure. Destroy see, titles no, too. that's what I'm saying. I, I think that he, he shouldn't, 
not care about the titles. I think he should hate them, and he should go, and he should win every title, and he should destroy it. And then, what? I mean, WWE only succeeds when somebody feuds with Vince. So what other what other way to feud with Vince than to win every single title and destroy it and then move on to the next one? That would be I would that would be the coolest angle they've done in a long time. You should misspeak more often then because you had a really good idea. <laughs> I I'm, a, I'm I I I'm so brilliant I don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact is I think you do think you, you know it. That's right. <laughs> You're 100 correct there, sir. <laughs> You know, it, you you brought up a good point. Like not not something I want to rent on, but it's always I always thought it was kind of counterproductive or counterintuitive to have like, oh, I'm the 16 time champ, but that means you also lost it like 15 times. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, for real. Like why not just have like oh, I won it once and I held it like Bob Backlund holding yeah. it for 2,000 days. You know, Bruno. Bruno for yeah. 17 <laughs> years for God's sake. <laughs> Like that, um, that's the man. Yeah, for real. And that's the thing is like we've we can't, we've lived in an era where um, the belt, you know, is the belt is used to progress storylines when it's that's never like it. If you look at before, I, OK, this is going to turn into a whole tele, televised wrestling versus uh, I'm not going to go there. It's that's too much for this conversation. But I will say this, um, you know. If you think like who like when you say who's the most dominant world champion of the modern era, um, post uh, you know, Cena, Brock, would be Brock, right? Yes. Exactly, yeah. Easy. And, yeah, and the only reason that works that my I think I literally just my big fat ass just broke my fucking desk chair. <laughs> I saw you. And I saw you sinking. It just started sinking. <laughs> hey. Um. Wait, real quick. We had to. We had to. I just. We're on a Skype session, ladies and gentlemen, and I did literally see James's head start sinking. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead and continue, sir. Um, I don't even know what I was saying. You're talking about say? Brock being the dominant, the oh, most yeah. dominant. Him. And that's because he hasn't been on TV. In, like, if yes. he was on yes. TV more, he probably would have given it up more. But you save him. That's why fans who fucking bellyache about him being a quote-unquote special attraction and we deserve to have a champion on TV. No, you don't. For what? So we Back can... in our day, James, it was a treat to see Hulk Hogan as a fucking yeah. champion. And when you saw him, you got fucking stoked. When you, when you heard Ric Flair's... Uh, like, uh, for what I forget what like movement it is. This is you know notorious theme song. You got chills because it was a special thing. Yes. You're not fucking just Kofi on TV every fucking week giving some bullshit. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Not no offense to Kofi. I'm just saying. Oh, of course you went to Kofi. Just saying the most you know Why obvious you transitional champion of. Why'd you go to Kofi? Because he's the most obvious transitional champion. Why is it, of... why is it obvious? Oh God! <laughs> I don't know. I, I would say Kofi. I thought he had a decent run. It went a lot longer than I thought it would go. I was talking to James about this earlier this week, though. That like it would boggle my mind that Hulk Hogan was a champion for an entire year in WCW when he was uh, Hollywood Hogan. Like again, he and then he was cheating and and things like that. But I remember being a, a fan in the late '90s, thinking like, no, the belt should be changing hands every three or four months. Not thinking and knowing that like Hogan had it for a whole year like blew my mind. And now I think I'm at that point now. I'm like, yeah, let the champion have like a nice run with it. I don't have to see him every day on Raw, especially if he's not going to be defending the title. So then uh, then it's cool. So I would rather Braun just hold on to it. And every two uh, pay-per-views, he has to defend it. But, you know, we could go six months and that would be a healthy run. 
Well, I mean, on on the flip side to that too, Punk's run was pretty entertaining too because he was actually you know defending it and winning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he had that you know charismatic character, uh, and it was it was it was a treat. It was, but it was a, a special blend that you you probably won't see in a long time. Um, but yeah, so like yeah, I always thought about that you know as far as like you know you lost sixteen times you know you're not really I mean you. Are you really a good champ if you held if you, you, you lost it so much throughout your career? But anyway, but yeah, good, very good point. Which actually, it, it it made me think of a different question too. Like, how do you make the Intercontinental Championship better? Like, how do you make it relevant again? Get rid of it. Put some blue back okay. in there. I'm gonna say so something lame. that's gonna make everybody here's head fucking implode. That's uh, not good for show. Especially uh, uh, mailman Mike. Uh, you know who was doing the best job was the Miz, because oh, yeah, the Miz, the Miz no, is I always the best you. IC champ. That's that's just yeah, a fact. He, Miz is the best IC champ. The one thing is that you can't take away from the Miz is one, he is legitimately a a, a real fan of pro wrestling, yeah. and he understood that he understood the importance of that title. And if you every promo he cut for the last like five years, every time he held the Great. belt was to build up the title. Um, and I don't think they do that enough. I don't think I think one thing that's missing from majority of wrestlers in this day and age is being able to take the fucking script that they give you and still managing to not just, you know, add your own flavor and your own vibe and your own personality to it, but also to be able to get across your own feelings, your own thoughts. And again, fucking look at C like Cena held the U S championship for, I don't know how, like a few months. I don't even honestly know. Um, when he held the U S championship, it was the fucking best it's the most memorable run that belt has had in, in 20 since, years since Goldberg had it in WCW. I would say Raven, but that was before Goldberg. We digress, James. We digress. But so, but and it's because when you're you, when you're given a championship belt, you need to make sure that people know how important it is that you have that belt. And Miz has always been great about that. He's understanding the legacy of it, making it feel important. Um. But again, I I think because Vince McMahon doesn't give a rat's ass. If you're not Universal Champion or World Champion, he doesn't give a shit. He honestly, he tag champs, he couldn't. I mean, tag, tag, we all know he doesn't like tag teams, but the tag championship has been shit on for years. The most fucking rebounded championship they have. But like, he doesn't give a shit. He doesn't care about the legacy of the titles. He could care less. Um, but then that's so, up to Sami Zayn. Like, Sami Zayn is your current that, Intercontinental Champion. If, when he gets on the mic, he needs to just saying like, "I am the best," you know, "I am the best wrestler." I'm leading a revolution. Yeah. Like his whole gimmick is like uh, a Bernie Sanders bro come to life. Uh, but like build up like the the a I hate the belt. Like I tried to give it a chance. I just don't like the look of the belt. Like it needs a little color. Like it needs a little blue in there. Um, it just looks so amorphous. It just it's black. So it just doesn't. And he just kind of like carries it around and he wears it and it, again it's more for the storyline of like i took this away from braun but that kind of sucks because i feel that uh sammy Zayn is probably a great wrestler but when's the last time we've actually seen him just straight wrestle like it's probably been a year if not two and he's supposed to be a great wrestler el Zoderico's a great wrestler yeah that's true <laughs> All I know is anytime anybody brings up color and the intercontinental belt, I just think of fucking uh, Ultimate Warrior. Like <laughs> the yellow should. one or the yellow yeah, belt they're... is the best I see belt. Ugh, it's so ugly. The best. Ugh. Love it. What color was his world championship? Was it sleek. purple? 
blue? What what color was blue. his? Blue. It was blue. blue. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, a second point to the Intercontinental Championship. When you won that, that meant you were the number one contender. Yeah. When did that yeah. fucking go out the window? Not necessarily that you were the number one contender, because even I mean it was always known as a work rate belt, but it meant that you were. If you're not the number one guy, you're like the number three guy. You know, you, you, know, you get. You got to challenge the champ, though. I think that was was that intercommon. Savage or Warrior did that, right? I think War- just once, yeah. But it was that, it was just that one year, right? See, I always thought the U.S. Heavyweight title was that to the big gold. Like once you got the U.S. Heavyweight title, then you had one shot at big gold, which is why like Goldberg had the one shot at Hogan and, and was a double champ. Like it never really happened where you were a double champion, but at least you had the one shot to get at least get in the ring with with the world's heavyweight champion and that makes it worthwhile like that that's just a innate i mean it's it's about as important as the money in the bank right like the money in the bank is super important because you get that one shot against the world's champion well why couldn't it be for the belt the belt makes more sense hmm. well we should all get jobs uh writing for wwe <laughs> we'll start off at uh, nwa call uh william patrick corrigan that's right Apparently he really, you know, has a thing for people from San Antonio, so we get a shot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Joe Galley and Thunder Rosa. Like they've been putting out little like videos on Twitter. They're not social distancing. I'm wondering. Well, look, I'm not gonna speculate on these airwaves. What they get up to in the privacy of their own home. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Stop. I'm just saying they have little. We're not videos a dirt sheet. We're not a dirt sheet. We're not fueling your fan fictions. Your fan, fan, your fan fantasy fiction. Slash fiction. <laughs> Look, they're just right down the road. I can film. Stop. I'll see Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Hey, uh, did y'all read anything regarding, you know, a former WWE superstar, former UFC superstar talking shit yeah. about fans? Oh. About fans? Before, before we cover that, I have one real quick point to make. It's not going to turn into a conversation okay. somebody uh-huh. is already trying to say that uh I, I saw i think it was on instagram they're like oh wwe is gonna go back to arena arena uh live audiences on monday and i was like oh my god no what the fuck stupid that's it okay that's it I now did... let, let now let's talk about the biggest draw in women's <laughs> wrestling yeah. history you feel so... better tanner do you feel better that you let that out now you mark I, I all right I, I I will refrain from including wrestling news on the show. It's not, it's right. not wrestling news. Okay. All right. All right. Anyway, do you want uh, your anyway? So go ahead. You, look, do uh, look. Do I do I believe you have to love Ronda Rousey? Of course not. Don't like who you like, hate who you hate. Yeah. Uh, do I think wrestling. Ronda Rousey has a notorious reputation for kind of being a crybaby? Uh as evidenced by every single post interview she ever did after a loss. Uh, of course she's notorious for that. Like, but I think the she's the best a wrestlers are. Yeah. I, Cause she can't they care. That's the thing is dude. Winners care the, the end. Like, look, man, I, it's not look at the end of the day. If you look at the people who are notorious, fucking uh, crybabies, quote unquote, uh, by like it's the people who try the hardest. It's the people who give a fuck. Like it, you know, Ronda Rousey, I was just talking about Charlotte about the same thing about how she's notoriously a politician and, and whines when she's not in the top title, but that's because she wants to be the best. Like if you're if you suck and you're whining about being not being in the top, well fuck you. But if you're dope and you're great at what you do, then 
you know, whatever. Like, good for you. You you want it the most. Ronda it Ronda did a lot for the sport for the short time she was in it. Um, she definitely helped box office. Um, she was dimes. a believable athlete. Um, yeah, dimes, dude. But you know, I mean, the fan reaction, like. I wish she could have taken and been inspired with the booze to be like, oh, like getting any reaction is important. If nobody gives a shit, then you're, you know, fucking, uh, I almost said, uh, uh, what's his name now? Um, Jack's uh, Jake Hager. Um, like, you know, it, it, I would rather be hated than in people be indifferent to you as a performer. I wish you could have taken that, the, you know, people's reaction and, and, and also understood that it wasn't about her. It was, it was more about, they want, they were, happy to see Becky who'd been in the business for much longer, who'd been giving it a, a much greater effort in the time that she was in the, in the business. They were happy to see her getting over and it was more, more of a reaction to her than to, to uh, Rhonda. But at the same time, Rhonda was good for the sport. And I think fucking the fans are the worst, like fans are the most fickle, especially when it comes to women performers. Like, I don't care what you will say. There's a, even to this day, there's a gigantic, um, misogynistic streak in, in pro wrestling fans. The, again, I've made this point clear with, with fucking uh, how people responded to uh, Sasha Banks uh, being upset that she wasn't in the top title, as opposed to say fucking, you know, Shawn Michaels or uh, fucking John Cena or whatever. But, um, but I will say this for Rhonda. I, I was happy to see her. Um, I think again, she is a, I thought she picked up really quick, but at the end of the day, We've moved on without her, so her not coming back isn't going to be the end of the world for anybody. So, I agree. Um, my thing is, look, in, in the interview, she goes, I love the fake fighting, right? Like, And I know there's like a stigma against that word. You know, we all know it's a, it's, it's a work. But then if she no- acknowledges, and, and, and she can say that all she wants. I, don't, I, I can give two shits. But if you're going to acknowledge that it's choreographed, and it's fake, you know, and then you the, the job is to elicit a response. Don't get mad when they boo you. Like, you're supposed to go with it. You know, like, it's just like uh, with Seth's doing. Seth saw that he was being booed, and guess what? He didn't fucking John Cena them. He fucking went with it, and he turned it into a great angle. I mean, and, and I think if you're going to be fucking, you're going to be pissy. Granted, you did great things for the business. I understand that. But, I mean, even, like, uh, another example, Kurt Angle's first fucking match. They were booing him. Guess what he did? They called an audible. He was, he was supposed to go in as a face, and he left as a heel. That's all that – I mean, you, you just adapt. That's what that's what pro wrestling is. And I think if you're going to be fucking pissy about it, yeah, you shouldn't come back. If You, do, you don't get it then. You just don't fucking get it. If you're yeah, a special no. attraction, you don't deserve to have an opinion about the business. Like, you came in, you're a mercenary – you did your job. You made some money. Cool. That's it. That's like if, uh, you know, LT had come in after WrestleMania. It was like, well, this really sucks. And it's like, well, okay, you had no business, you know, wrestling Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, it was an attraction. Like, you know, it's as old as professional wrestling is in itself. But you didn't pay your dues. Like, you have no leg to stand on and no way to, like, gripe and be, you know, if you did not, if you did not understand the business and uh, and grow up in it and really pay your dues. Like it's a slap in the face to any woman in that locker room that you work with that you just kind of like are indifferent and you have like a shitty yeah. attitude about. It. And, you know, and so I've been getting a lot of like texts and stuff from my uncle 
uh, Uncle Johnny. I hope you're listening. Uncle Johnny. Yeah, he was sending me stuff about, I guess Nia Jax went off this week, too, and was just like, uh, she. I don't think she said Rhonda's name initially, but it was about how there was a superstar that was mishandling Alexa, and like Alexa was just getting the shit beat out of her. Uh, but she wouldn't say anything. She's like, I don't want to rock the boat. I know uh, I'm just going to keep quiet. And I was like, no, that's bullshit. And then she eventually came out and said that it was Rhonda. And she's like, fight me, bitch. And I was like, yes, I love this. She's like, I don't care if they want me to go up against Rhonda and like put her over. I can do that. But like, I'm going to get some licks in. Like, I want to, you know, uh, beat the shit out of her. And so I think this is all kind of coming back, especially, you know, those stories come out. And then I saw an old, I guess, pre Becky two belts where uh, where Becky was giving some sort of interview somewhere. And it sounded like she was really shooting on Rhonda. Like she was just like, you're there crying in your kitchen because you can't make your husband breakfast because you're on the road as a part timer. Like, give me a fucking break. We're working five nights a week and we, you know, we work 52 weeks a year uh, as superstars. And we're just happy to be in this business. And you're crying because you're a part timer that doesn't get to make her husband breakfast. Like that's bullshit. Get out of the yeah. fucking business. I also, I, I also would like to mention that this recent Twitter beef, the only people that were coming after Rhonda were people that could like maybe pull a quarter of the ticket sales that she did. Yeah, that's always maybe. the way though. Maybe. I mean, the but, ultimate thing though is, is again though, the conversation is as simple as this: if you don't love something, don't do it. The fucking money is not worth it. Brock Lesnar. Uh, <laughs> like, it's just not worth it. Just fucking don't do it. If you don't really love it, or if it makes you miserable, no paycheck is worth it. Now, I mind you, I've never cashed a paycheck as big as, I'm sure, a check Ronda Rousey has cashed. But again, go find something you do love. Like, you, especially if you've made the money, like, save your money, do something you love. But that's the thing I like about Shayna Baszler. Uh, Shayna Baszler, you can tell, has fully adapted to this. And, and she has put in the time. She's put in the effort. You know, I watched this thing. It's um, I was watching this. Sh- just shut up. All right. I'm going to pray. pray it's about uh, No, it was uh, it was a YouTube uh, show. I think it was the I think it was Joey and uh, Joey and Candace show. But uh, where they just showed it was after PWG match. But it was when ba- before Baszler even got into actually wrestling. She was there with. Um, Oh my guys, one of my favorite male uh, UFC stars. And I'm blanking his name. Anyways, she was there with a bunch of UFC people or M- MMA people, but they, she was saying like how much fun she had and how much she loves it and how like, you know, like, like it's the most fun she's had. And you could tell this wasn't just like, oh, this will be a fun goof I can make to do to make money. Like she truly enjoyed it. And since she's been in wrestling, you can tell she's fully adapted and it has, be, has become her passion. So it's, you know, good. I'm glad that like, you know, you don't have to be, Born, you have to grow up being the world's biggest pro wrestling fan, but it, you have to still. It's a goofy job with a lot of, you know, uh, uh, downsides. And you, if you're going to do it and you're going to do it full time, you have to give it your all and you have to enjoy it. If you don't fucking go start a YouTube show, a fitness, start your fitness business, whatever other bullshit you want to do, but just stay at pro wrestling because not for the fans, but for yourself because yeah. nobody needs your miserable ass fucking on tv or in the fucking uh you know the trades oh boy howdy did this uh turn into a a, a, a bitch fest but i mean honestly i feel the same fucking way I, I think you brought up a good point is not even for the fans for yourself you know if you're gonna come back part-time 
I mean, like, again, like, it's always when people ask you, like, especially as we get older and be older men uh, with, you know, responsibilities, like, why do you still like wrestling? And it's like, and I answer the same way every time. You either get it or you don't. And, you know, and that, for that answer, I think Ronda Rousey saw an opportunity, you know, like, oh, I, watch, I used to watch this on TV. But, I mean, then, you know what, I, I, I implore Ronda Rousey to watch Triple H's Tough Enough speech, and yeah. then, then maybe she might learn a thing or two. Because if this isn't, you know, if you're too fucking, you know, uh, you know, spent on being on the road so much, it ain't for you, dude. Like, it just, it, it just isn't. Like, like it, it sucks, but that's how it is. You either want it or you don't. And if you don't want it, don't waste our fucking time. Exactly, exactly what Triple H said. I think yeah. she wanted the money that they were throwing at her. Yeah, yeah and, and if you're just, just doing a cash grab, look at someone like Kevin Nash. You know what? He adapted and he, he learned the business. You know, he wasn't like marking out on, on, on about himself. He was a marking out over the cash, man. Yeah, also, and, give and, back Piper's jacket. Like you don't deserve to wear Piper's jacket. Uh, as as the as the biggest Piper fan here, I will say, uh, you know, Roddy gave her the fucking thumbs up before he died. So you know, I respect that, but. It still pisses me off when I go to Google search uh, uh, some merch I want to buy for Roddy, and and she comes up instead. I will say that is uh, very annoying, but you know, rest in peace, Roddy. Whatever. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think uh, I was gonna go over the uh, the bracket, but since half of y'all didn't watch um, Dynamite, we'll go over it next week maybe because there's some good matches. The first one was with Sean Spears versus Cody Rhodes. Cody won. Yeah. I heard oh, that wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I, I watched last week's AEW. Oh, okay, we can really talk cool. about it next time. We can yeah, talk about I mean, next time. And, and just really quick, though, um, we got Sean Spears versus Cody. We got Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Uh, Kip Sabian versus Dust, uh, Dustin Rhodes. Kip Sabian's going to win that one. Uh, oh. one, one I'm really excited about is Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana in the first round. Yeah. I think that is going to be amazing. And I think as Colt. You know, as Colt career, you know, I think Colt has maybe like two or three years, maybe four years left in him. You know, um, he's going to make Lance Archer look good fucking money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm really excited about that. Um, Tanner, did you want to close out, wrap this up with some New Japan news? I have no news, man. I have been I have been going through the library. I have been watching all of my favorite matches. I have just been... Enjoying well, an era that used to be right now, while I ignore the, just this quiet wrestling era that we're in now. Yeah. Well, then, then do us a favor if you wouldn't mind, for the fine listeners at home who do have you know, the New Japan streaming service, recommend two matches for us. Two matches. Okay. So I had one that I was going to give you. Anyone that has the New Japan. Uh, NJPW World Service has probably already seen it. Um, Katsuyori Shibata versus Okada. Yes! 2017. It was yeah. a match where the the famous, you know, the headbutt heard around the world um, occurred, and it's, to this day, probably my favorite match. Um, the other one that I would say... Um, also a pretty popular one, but if, if you're not familiar with the service... Um, watch, I think it was uh, Minoru Suzuki and Hiroshi Tanahashi, King of Pro Wrestling 2012. I think that was the one. 
Um, Moxley himself has has said like that's my favorite match. I've watched it hundreds of times, uh, and and having seen it several times myself, I can absolutely see why. Gotcha. Cool. Well, you know, I want to. I well, I appreciate that, Tanner. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much wraps it up, guys. I know like uh, there's not a lot of uh, wrestling news going on so much. Um, I got to check in with Power and see what they're doing. I think they had an empty arena match, no? They did. It, it was um, um, not Tim Storm. Was it Tim Storm? Which I don't remember the James, Storms. The other Storm. James Storm the Cowboy? No, the non-Cowboy. So Tim, Tim Storm. Tim Storm and Josephus. It was just one match? It, it was an empty arena match. I don't know if this was recent, but it was specifically... Tim Storm and, and Josephus in an empty arena match, and, and they, they looked like there was some kind of nasty ladder spot involving a barricade. Oh, a barricade for what? No, no, no. Well, that's a good point. But <laughs> to keep the chairs out of the ring, I guess. <laughs> but all right. Hey, James, Adam, any last remarks before we go today? Uh, no, I just, uh, you know, to uh, uh, eat a tiny bit of crow. Uh uh, I do actually like the way that uh, old Murder Hawk is being booked. Um, so he seems less vanilla bad guy, big guy than uh, the stuff I'd seen. Um, really making him like push around like the camera crew and stuff. Um, he might have been doing that in the Indies. I, I mean, not that there'd be camera, too many TV camera guys on the Indies, but um, but yeah, I think like they indie, need the, in indie camera guys. Exactly. <laughs> Which would basically just be Tanner uh, with a fucking yeah. Holding an, uh, holding an iPhone 6. <laughs> exactly. Facing so, myself. But, but yeah, I'm, 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 I, you know, I'm like what they're doing with him. I still hate his stupid fucking red yarn. <sighs> Anyways, but um, but yeah, like uh, I'm 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 I, like you said, I'm actually really excited for that match with him and Colt. I think it's gonna be, I think Colt's gonna bump his ass off, and uh, I think he's gonna try to make a joke out of it and get steamrolled. So I'm excited for it. While we were talking about how upset we were about Shinsuke's career, go and watch Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom Nine. Oh, yeah. It is literally the peak of his career. And an awesome entrance, right? It is the best entrance. Everybody <laughs> says Wrestle Kingdom 8 is the best entrance, but no, it's Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yes, okay. it's good. Adam Danger. Hey, what, what, what? I just want to give a big shout-out to my friend uh, Stevie. Happy birthday. I know that you used to watch wrestling uh, growing up with your parents, and uh, you're kind of not into it anymore. But hopefully, this gets you back into watching old professional wrestling. So, happy birthday, Stephanie Lane. Happy birthday. Well... Uh, that brings us to the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. But before we go, I wanted just to mention one more plug. If you're not filled in with Adam Danger and his wonderful, wonderful voice, please check out the Adam Danger Productions podcast uh, where he talks about, uh, what is it, uh, Not So High Fidelity, which is a, a, a mu- musical uh, podcast for your wonderful ears, uh, Taking a Blitz. Uh, hey, are, are you gonna are you gonna talk about the fake Callan Kaepernick? Uh, we didn't we didn't get to it last week, but we'll probably get to it uh, this week since we're leading up to the NFL draft, so we can talk about all kinds of crazy news stories that popped up. Awesome. Well, you can find that on Spotify, folks. Be a deer and go listen and give him a follow. And while you're there, if you haven't followed us yet already on Spotify, please make sure and do so. 
Also on Apple Podcasts, subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell Adam's Adam's dad, Adam's mom, tell everybody. All right, guys. Well, as always, we are the Stable of Studs. We'll catch you next time, guys. Peace. Peace. Bye. Peace. Bye.